0: An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. My friends, the grass withers and the flower fades but the word of our God stands forever. So imagine with me this scene. You've spent several weeks and the morning getting everything ready to go off to your Christmas celebration, right? You've bought the presents, you've got them wrapped, you've found a last minute one you quickly wrap, they're loaded into the car, Uh, you're trying to get the kids rounded up and get shoes on and some sort of a decent, you know, hair combed down in some way, get them all in the car and you've got some side dishes, hopefully scalloped corn and um, some sugar cookies, that grossed out half the crowd, uh, and half the crowd's with me on the scalped corn. But you you grab the side dishes and you go and load the car up to get headed to this uh, to where you're going to go enjoy your family uh, Christmas celebration. And somehow loading the car up and how to negotiate a hot dish and sliding cookies, you take off and make your way to the house. But as you get closer to where you're going to have the 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 lunch, the dinner, the party, there are three vehicles that are in your way. They're blocking the road to the house. And those three vehicles are a fire truck, an ambulance, and a pizza delivery truck. And, and you can't get through to the house. Now, let me ask you, is the presence of these vehicles, is that bad news or is that good news? If you're pulling up to the house where you're going to have lunch, you're going to have this Christmas celebration, a fire truck, an ambulance, and a pizza delivery truck, is that good news or is that bad news? Well, your first reaction probably is well isn't it bad news darren right because we're going to go have this party and then here are all these emergency vehicles and strangely a pizza delivery truck outside of this house it's obviously bad news but i'm going to argue that i think the presence of these three trucks are both bad news and good news it's bad news and good news when you pull up and this house has these trucks sitting in front of it see what happened Uh, is in this scenario is that the family who was hosting had had the meal in the oven. They're cooking the main course and of course they got caught up with their own wrapping of presents and getting the kids ready and everything and they're upstairs and what happens? The the meal overcooks and there's a large uh, ball of smoke in the kitchen. When they come down the smoke alarms are going off. They're lifting up the windows and the nosy neighbor looks outside their their kitchen window and they see the smoke coming out of the windows and they call 911, right? because obviously there's a fire and so once that call has been made, there's no, there's no stopping it, the fire truck shows up, the ambulance throws, shows up, but in the meantime the family inside, they're kind of just laughing about the ridiculousness and they call the pizza place and they say this meal is ruined, we're going to get pizza and at least we'll have something to eat as a main course, it'll be pizza, that'll have to work. So. The presence is, first, bad news because, I mean, you've, the, you've lost your, your big home-cooked nice meal, the nice ham, the nice turkey, whatever it is with the dressing. This has been ruined. But that's bad news. But the fire truck's presence is also good news because if the house were really on fire, the authorities are there to take care of the fire. And so the presence of the fire fire truck is bad news because something's gone wrong, but it's also good news because though something has gone wrong, those who have the ability to fix it are there to fix it. The presence of the ambulance is bad news because that might mean somebody's having some sort of problem in the house. And so that's bad news, but it's also good news because those who have the the wherewithal and the knowledge on how to help in those matters, they arrived and they're on the scene. And it's bad news that you've lost this home-cooked meal, but pizza is there, so you'll have something to eat. So the presence, even the presence of the pizza delivery truck is bad news, but it is also good news. You'll at least have something to eat. So when it comes, that whole analogy, illustration, whatever image that we have thought about there, when it comes to the incarnation, when it comes to the birth of Jesus Christ, is that good news or is that bad news? Is that good news or is it bad news that God has come to be with man? God has been born in human flesh. And your reaction this time, as much as your first reaction was, well, that's obviously bad news. I imagine that our our first reaction is, well, Darren, we're in church. (laughs) Jesus showing up is good news, right? That's what we're kind of all about is that we believe in the good news or the gospel of Jesus Christ. So isn't the incarnation good news? Well, in the same way that the ambulance, the fire truck, and the pizza delivery truck were both bad news and good news, I'm going to argue that the incarnation is both bad news and good news. The first reality of Christmas is that it is first and foremost an indictment against humanity. The reality that Christ, that God had to take on flesh to rescue sinners is first and foremost an indictment against sinners. They are in such a state that they are without helping. They cannot help themselves. They need something from outside of themselves. And that is bad news. It is bad news to come to the realization that my state, my relationship with God is in such a a bad way that I need something from outside of myself to come and solve the problem. The message of Christmas is good news that a Savior has, who has, has been born, who will save his people from their sins, but that reality involves the bad news that we are people who are dead in our sins and in desperate need of a Savior. So when we look at the manger, it is first and foremost an indictment because sinners need saving, and that is every one of us. In the same way, to live with your eyes closed to the reality of your need for salvation from sin is to also then miss the good news of great joy that is the birth of Jesus Christ at Christmas. Only sinners then rejoice that Christ came to save sinners, right? Only sinners rejoice that Christ came to save sinners. Only the lost rejoice that Christ came to seek and to save the lost, And only those dead in sin rejoice that Christ came to give life. And so the incarnation is this interesting, marvelous event. But we see in it both of these realities. There is the indictment against humanity. We are lost. We are sinners. We are those who need saved. And that is an indictment against us. But at the same time, the incarnation is good news because though it is an indictment against us, it is also where our rescue happens. This can be kind of unpopular at Christmas to mention the reality of we are sinners that need saving. But in the scope of this life, it is so important we must consider during this season our great need that Christ would come. When you drive around town and look at the lights and look at the nativities, every one of those that you see is as at the same time bad news because it is telling you you need rescued. And it is also good news because it is telling you a rescuer has come. You need rescue. We all need rescue. And the good news is a rescuer has come. It is a need that comes from this great separation that exists between us and God because of our sin, because of our rebellion, because of our idolatry. And as we remember this and we reflect upon the birth, life, and death of Jesus, two great realities come to mind about God. The first thing is that it shows us and shines light on the holy character of God. God is pure, and holy and just and then this means that there is no there's is, there is such a thing as goodness and right in the world and because god is holy and good he cannot just turn a blind eye to wrong No one wants wrongs that are committed against them to be overlooked. I mean, I assume you all can agree with that. If someone has wronged you, you don't really want that to be overlooked. But when it comes to the wrongs you have done, we're all more than eager for those to be overlooked. But God is too holy to pretend like nothing has happened or that nothing is happening. Your sin may be hidden from everyone else in your life, but it is not hidden from God. There is nowhere you can go to hide from him. And every act of disobedience is an act of attempted mutiny upon the throne of God. Every act of of having your will over God's will is an act of saying, God, I do not want you on the throne. Whether you're the creator or not, I belong on the throne. You think you know best? We all think we know all the answers. We think we are quite splendid on our own. And God is too holy to overlook the very actions of rebellion against our good creator that will destroy us at the final judgment. That is what will happen if we remain clinging to our sin. We are stuck dead in this trespasses and sins. We are unable. We are dead and without life. We need a rescue. Christmas reveals God's holiness that something has to happen. This cannot just be. Uh, glossed over, something has to happen. We are in such a desperate state; we need saving from outside of ourselves. But this then is when the good news comes in, because the the desperate, the help that we desperately need, is what we find in the manger. This help that we desperately need from outside of ourselves, God gives it. God is compassionate. He's too gracious to do nothing. He sends His Son into the world to save sinners from their sin. And the way He accomplishes this is laid out for us in the gospel narratives, right? We heard it in the, in the Christ candle reading. Christ lives the righteous life we should have lived, dies the death that we deserve upon a cross, so that everyone, repenting of their sin, turning from it, And trusting in Christ's work on the cross is forgiven of their sin, reconciled to God, made righteous in his sight, never to leave his side, and to know nothing but eternal joy and peace with him forever. He does this so that every one of us gathered in here tonight could admit our incredible need. And look to Christ as our Savior to find forgiveness and salvation. We can have forgiveness of our sins as Christ bore them on the cross and right standing with God as Christ's righteousness is given to us. This is the incredible bad slash good news of Christmas. We desperately need help from outside of ourselves It's bad news pointing to our sin and our coming judgment if help is not given to us. But the good news is that the help from outside of us that we so desperately need is found in the same place that we realize our deep need for it. Christ is given to us. So what will you see when you look into the manger this Christmas? Some reactions are... Chalk it up to you know. Well, maybe we should just let's just let's just treat this as a quaint and sentimental story. You know, it's a part. It's one. It's one area of the Christmas narrative. Okay, and that's kind of like saying showing up and sending the fire truck away, sending the ambulance away, sending the pizza delivery guy away, and say we don't want any. We don't want any bad news here. Just we're going to ignore that. Go away. And that may all be well and fine in the scenario that we laid out earlier. But what if the house really is on fire? What if there really is trouble? It's fine to to turn your eye to the manger unless, unless sin is real. Unless the reality that God has a standard that every one of us has fallen short of is a real standard. If that is the case, and the Bible tells us that it is, then we all ought not look away from this manger. But see, the bad news that it is there... All the while, never taking our eyes off the reality of the good news that is there as well. My prayer is that we would see both realities in the manger. I pray we'd have humble hearts that know that they need forgiveness, that we are sinners who need saving. And I pray for new hearts of faith that rejoice because those hearts that need saving have a Savior, Jesus Christ the righteous who lived and died and rose over death to save those who are his. May he be our hope and our joy this day as we celebrate Christmas and every day that he gives us. Let's pray. Father, help us this evening. Give us eyes to see, God, that our joy this season would not be in just some nostalgia or sentimentality or just merely family and good times on this earth, but that, Father, we would have eyes to gaze into the manger, to see and admit and confess. I pray that every heart in this place, God, would have broken hearts over our own sinfulness, God, that we would know we are, with, we, we are beyond help for ourselves. We need something from outside of us. And that in looking at the manger, seeing the indictment that it brings against us, God, that we would also see the good news that it is, a savior has come. Move in every heart in this place tonight, God, as we go about into the Christmas day tomorrow and celebrations coming up. And as we drive around and look and remember the manger, God, that we would see Christ, who has come to save sinners. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.